Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. The Shack Show is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to another Shack Show, and we have some major inside the Beltway first world inside baseball news that broke Sunday night from Doug Ferguson at the Associated Press that. Out of nowhere, really, the United States Golf Association's media deal, a very controversial one with Fox signed in 2013 that commenced in 2015, had suddenly come to an end and was going back to NBC and Golf Channel and uh, the digital streaming app Peacock as part of a uh, pandemic-related, essentially, buyout, trade-out, whatever you want to call it, phase-out. The USGA is going to get all their money about uh, $93 million a year. Uh, NBC Golf Channel appears to be paying essentially what they were paying before, not even what they bid and and ultimately lost in 2013. And so to go back and review this and why it's important for the sport, why it's an interesting business story, a media story, uh, I have uh, called up my old pal, Oh, boy, I called him all. He's not going to like that. Ron Syrak, 18 years at Golf Digest, Golf World, 18 years before that at the Associated Press. He wrote the definitive story on this incredibly bizarre behind-the-scenes negotiation and saga that included things like Arnold Palmer flying to 30 Rock to be part of a presentation for the USGA officials who appeared, as you read the story, to have already made up their mind to go to Fox at the time. It was all very strange, uh, at least some of those USGA officials. I think uh, in, in history has told us that uh, Mike Davis, the executive director at the time, was not one of those people. And so I'm sure he's a very uh, happy person uh, with the, the the news that they're back at NBC Golf Channel. Not that uh, I, I think he begrudged anything that went on at Fox, but certainly I think he was not pleased with how the whole thing went down back then. Anyway... Why it's also interesting to me, of course, is what has happened to the USGA. And obviously, there are certainly elements like anchoring and 
and rules issues and and the presentation of the U.S. Open and the sort of disappearance of the amateur game in some ways and all these elements that are making their job very difficult. And then some of those have been brought on by themselves. So uh, Ron is, of course, the 2015 PGA of America Lifetime Achievement Award winner. He didn't really start covering golf until the age of 45. Big baseball guy, longtime AP writer, and and uh, was instrumental in getting the Associated Press to start covering the women's game in 1996, which is an, a sort of an amazing thing to think about in itself. And uh, he now lives on Cape Cod. He's playing a lot of golf. He's a Pennsylvania native, loves his pirates, and uh, is a uh, super guy and still a Golf Channel contributor as well and covering the LPGA at times. So we discussed that later on in the show. But uh, obviously, we wanted to discuss this breaking news and this interesting story to the world of golf related to the USGA and Fox. Here's my chat with Ron. So Ron, on a scale of uh, one to 10, how surprised were you by the news of this switch back to NBC from Fox for USGA coverage? Uh, honestly, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Mm. Um, I can't believe that either side was happy with the way the deal was going. Uh, Fox was losing money and the USGA wasn't getting the exposure that they, that they dreamed of and that they were quite frankly promised when the deal was being negotiated. When I went back and read your piece, which I will post um, with the show notes here, and it really is an incredible thing to read now. Uh, here we are since the deal kicked in. It was announced in 2013, kicked in in 2015. And, and one of the main reasons for the USGA going to Fox, or was claimed, was to raise its stature. They felt like they had been diminished uh, based on ratings versus the Masters. Uh, so how would you say now, here we are uh, a few years into the deal and it's it's ending and it's going back to NBC, uh, how did that prediction work out for then USGA President Glenn Nager? Yeah, you know, uh, um, uh, multiple sources told me at the time that Glenn Nager was hunted with the slogan, the Masters, a tradition on, you know, like no other. Yeah. That he heard that starting with the Super Bowl and through and through March Madness and the Final Four. And he just spent months hearing that slogan. And he wanted the U.S. Open to have that kind of stature. Well, you know, they were promised a lot of things. They were promised that, that Fox could use the uh, the Super Bowl as a platform to promote uh, uh, USGA events. Well, of course, Fox doesn't have the Super Bowl every year, so yeah. there was a flaw in that argument <laughs> right from the beginning. But there were also promises of of uh, um, elaborate pre-tournament uh, um, um, coverage, elaborate mm. post-tournament coverage, uh, that they would use USGA archives to produce documentaries. And uh, at the time, uh, Sarah Hirschlin, who was uh, uh, a key executive at the USGA, who was very involved in negotiating this deal, told me there's going to be all this other ancillary programming. And, and I don't think that ever came to be. Plus, all those second tier USGA events like the boys and the girls junior and, and stuff sort of got lost and did not get – uh, the love it would have gotten if they had been on Golf Channel, which is part of the deal. If you have a if you have a deal with uh, NBC, right? So back at the time this was done, obviously we we have that element the the feeling or claim that they felt underappreciated or lost and somehow in some sort of corporate shuffle at, at NBC, and of course it then turned out 
they got lost in the the Fox uh, world because it just wasn't a, a fit with the other sports that they were carrying on FS1. But but a lot of this was really about Fox Sports One, wasn't it? Just establishing that as a channel, and they just were willing to pay even if they lost money. Well, the USGA's timing couldn't have been better. Uh, um, Fox Sports One had started up. NBC was starting up an all sports station. These competitors were all jumping in to, to, to take on ESPN. And there were big rights fees battles over Wimbledon tennis, over uh, English Premier League soccer, uh, 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 over, you know, over U.S. Open tennis. And, and then golf became part of that. And, uh, um, and then, and Fox jumped in and probably overpaid, uh, to get it. Um, certainly, uh, they weren't getting back. Uh, I mean, you know, I was, I figured my calculations, it was about $93 million a year. And, and really the USGA has 16 national championships, one of which gets significant TV ratings and that's the men's US Open. And, and so what you found out was the other things, uh, were not, were not bringing eyeballs, uh, to, to FS1 or to Fox in the way that they thought they were going to. Yeah, I don't know how they thought they would, but uh, that <laughs> that really yeah. is a, a mystery, which does make you wonder when you go back and, and read your story, how much of this was really just about about cash and money. And, and, uh, and, and I understand the prominence argument. One of the things that I noted I had forgotten in your piece was that you mentioned that they were really inspired in part to, to be aggressive by the USTA's deal moving from CBS to – ESPN for 11 years, $825 million. And of course, that has been an incredible deal for the USTA with uh, no offense to CBS, but clearly ESPN has raised the the, the bar on the US Open. They've put a roof on the stadium. <laughs> it's right. It's been successful. How has it been for the USGA in, in, in terms of what Nager predicted? I, I can't think of a metric on which you can yeah, say- Yeah, there isn't one, right? A- yeah. Right, that there's, it's been a rousing success. Uh, look, Jeff, when I first realized that there was, that there was a significant problem with the deal was, um, the 2016 U.S. Women's Open, Cordoval, California. We got out there and you're thinking, oh, this is a great time to take women's golf, put right. it into East Coast prime time. Yeah. Beautiful venue. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing. First round, they had the uh, um, um, the dream pairing, one, two, and three in the world. It was uh, Lexi Thompson, uh, I think Aria Jatanagarn, and I don't know, maybe Brooke Henderson. But it was, well, they went off the air with that group on the 14th hole because yeah. they, they had other programming to get to. Well, we get to the weekend now. Um, so instead of ending at 6 or 7 o'clock California time, taking it into 9, 10 o'clock East Coast prime time, they ended it. Three in the afternoon uh, on Saturday because they had baseball commitments that they needed to do. And on Sunday, they ended at three in the afternoon uh, in California time because they didn't want to run into the Simpsons, which is a rating <laughs> boffo thing for them. So so here you go. One of the advantages of all this added exposure that, that USGA events are going to get, the Women's U.S. Open, an event that the USGA desperately wants to quit losing money on and wanted mm-hmm. to elevate the profile of. And they get there, they have a chance to put it on primetime TV, and they end up not doing that. Well, I'll answer the question and say I think the USGA lost significant relevance, in part just because of the the, the Golf Channel's reach during this time. Uh, now, where that goes into the future with cord cutting, I don't know. But one of the things in your story that I 
I noticed uh, that really stood out was was Glenn Nager, the president at the time, who really orchestrated this deal, was very uh, snippy uh, about the number of hours of coverage that Fox would give the USGA's big events, plus the number of other events that would be covered. They They had since cut back this year to seven from eight. I know from NBC that they had pledged to do some form of coverage of, of all USGA championships. So right there, it was kind of a uh, a killer. But as you know, I think the biggest killer was this this thing that kept happening where they would just cut away. You know, U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach, same thing happened. Beautiful right. uh, late evening at Pebble Beach, great matches. And and the first day they, they left. And I think the second day they left. They, they stayed with the matches on... Uh, Friday, I believe, as I recall. So it just showed they just didn't. It just was was not a match made in heaven. Um, that's not really a question. <laughs> and the other the other systemic problem that was built into to this to this cake from the very beginning was that this was Fox's only golf property. Mm. So Fox, which which certainly improved after. I mean, it, it couldn't that first debut at Chambers Bay probably couldn't have been worse than it yeah. was you know it was, and, but so they got better particularly on the production side but but they did not do enough golf events for their crew to to improve they weren't getting enough reps to improve their chemistry yeah. you know the, the both NBC and CBS do so many just regular PGA tour events that that their crews develop a chemistry they know how, they know how to play off each other and and uh, the Fox people weren't getting that because this was all they had, and they weren't even using their A crew at, at really any event other than the men's U.S. Open. Right, right. Uh, before we take a break, I'll leave you uh, with this quote from Glenn Nager. Uh, and, of course, it, it all got off to such a brutal start. They announced this while the PGA Championship is going <laughs> on at Oak Hill, and uh, there was a PGA of America dinner and Glenn Nager went to that, and he told you for this story, several people came over to congratulate me. One said it was the biggest thing to happen to golf since Tiger won the 1997 Masters. Now, that's some that's some serious delusional <laughs> thinking. I won't ask you as the longtime AP man to comment on that. We'll take a quick break here on the Shack Show, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Fox and then also uh, get into to some women's golf issues coming up with their return. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. All right, Ron. Uh, so you mentioned they got off to that horrible start, but would you agree or feel that they they did finally really step up and actually deliver the thing? One of the things they they promised at the beginning, which was innovation. Did they do it? I think they did. But yeah, I think they did. I think technically we saw we did see a lot of innovation in there, uh, um, and uh, you know. Uh, one of the things that they focused on that, you know, they're very, very good at it in football, for instance, is bringing you uh, sound to the games, you know. And, and uh, in addition to some of the visual stuff that they did, um, they were very respectful of if there was a conversation going on between a player and a caddy, they were going to step aside and let you listen to that, let you hear it. So they were they became more aware of trying to bring the viewer inside the ropes yep. and, and have them and add to that feeling. Yes, they, they improved on that. No yeah. question. Yeah. And I, I mean, we've seen that here with CBS dealing with this issue with no fans in this return. Right. And trying to get more sound, and it and it and it's still a struggle with the players. But obviously, I think the fans have have spoken that that, that people have sound systems now that are better, and it just it's just different. Um, and then, of course, they also I think the tracer is, uh, is sort of underrated that they they really have right. forced that on the other networks. Um, wouldn't you say though that uh, going forward, it's going to be without them, it's back to essentially two operations that that we're relying on to to innovate well you know i I think the one thing that um that the usga miscalculated on in this whole thing was the 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 importance of uh golf channels uh uh as part of the the nbc deal yeah because you know again let's go to some of those those second tier or third tier uh usga events go to like the boys and the girls junior golf channel would cover that gavel to gavel, you know, yeah. it's, it's what they do. It's, yeah. it's, it's all they do. Same thing with the four ball tournament. You know I mean? All those events would have gotten far, far more exposure and there would have been pregame and postgame shows and, and live froms and all those other things that the golf channel does because that's who they are, the golf channel. And, uh, and I, I, I think the USGA sort of, um, um, whiffed on understanding uh, the importance of what of what Golf Channel brought to the NBC deal. Yeah, and I, I think it was really a cluster of people, as you detailed in your story, uh, Gary Stevenson, Sarah Hirschlin, uh, Casey Wasserman, who whose firm was consulting, and he was 
having discussions with with Brian Roberts of uh, Comcast up at Sun Valley. I mean, some of the details you have are just so fascinating to read. Now, uh, the but but do you think but were, is the problem that they weren't golf people? Well, you know, there was this little. Uh, I think that's part of the problem. There was also like sort of a a, a North Carolina cabal in all mm. this. You know, you know that that seemed to be. And when they started to set the stage for this, uh, Jim Hyler, who who also has uh, North Carolina roots, was the USGA president then, and he's the one who started moving aside some of the USGA people who had close ties to NBC people. Mm. Um, um, uh, Mark Carlson, who was still uh, technically still negotiating TV rights, was, was, was taken out of this, this TV contract negotiations. David Fay uh, uh, was, uh, ended up leaving as a uh, as longtime uh, executive director of the organization. And, and they really started setting up a negotiating team that had not been involved with NBC during the 20 years that NBC had the contract because because Nager was worried those people were had a, had a built-in bias as to where they wanted it to go. And so, yes, th- there were people who uh, and, and quite frankly, Nager wasn't didn't have a, a, a deep, lengthy tradition in golf. You know, yeah. he was relatively uh, uh, he had been fast tracked on the, from the executive committee of the USGA into the president's role. Uh, looking back on it, probably in large part to negotiate this deal. It's a an inside golf business story. And I think for a lot of people now, it probably is sort of, okay, you know, why do we care other than what, do we get more tracer and do we get good drone shots? But But why is it important for the USGA? to be relevant and to be, to be strong and, and, and how, and, and to get out of kind of this hole where they've been weakened by this. Yeah. You know, and, and think of the time when this came along where, where the, uh, the USGA in some ways was being, um, almost challenged by the PGA of America as, as the leader of the, you know, the representative of the rank and file golfer in America, the long putter ban, um, the ban on not being able to post handicap scores for, mm. for, uh, uh, solo rounds of golf. Um, there were several things that the USGA did that a lot of people, a lot of people that I play golf with looked at and said, wait a minute, that doesn't speak to me, uh, you know, uh, mm. and, and so this came along at a time when their, when their, um, authority in the game was being weakened in other areas and and being being sort of very subtly challenged by the PGA of America which was beginning to be seen more and more as representing the grassroots golfer um i i do think that getting back to um they're going to get a, they're going to get a lot of love from NBC and Golf Channel now um um going back on on this contract and it's going to play out very very well for them that way well, especially because based on the reporting that we got by uh, your um, your friend at AP, Doug Ferguson and uh, Joe Flint and uh, sport in uh, Wall Street Journal and Sports Business Journal as well by John Oran, that that it sounds like NBC's paying what they paid in the previous deal, <laughs> and Fox is yeah. picking up the rest. That's incredible. Uh, one would hope that translates to being able to throw out uh, all the bells and whistles at everything they do. Yeah, you know, um, it, it, one of the things that was a point of contention is, uh, um, NBC always said that they were, that they were promised that they would get last at bats in the contract negotiation and that Nager reneged on that promise. And there's, there's conflicts about whether that's true or not. But, but NBC probably came in about $10 million a year under 
the number that Fox was putting up there. Yeah. So, so um, you know, it could very well be that that $10 million a year now amounts to what is Fox's buyout fee, you know, yeah. because that's less than they were losing per year on, uh, I mean, $93 million Oof. a year. That's a lot of money to have to get back uh, when you're talking about um, a good, good rating for the U.S. Open is like an eight, maybe, you yeah. know, and uh, so uh, um, it, it's hard to make the money back with that kind of rating. And now that you are uh, not exactly in a working in an environment where you have to be careful what you say about bifurcation, that big, ugly, dirty word, do you think that's weakened the USGA's position by holding firm on on the idea that bifurcation of the rules so that there are rules for pros and rules for amateurs? Do you, do you think that's weakened them? Well, I, I think it hasn't, you know, I mean, uh, I know, you know, one, one, one of the things about the quarantine and everything that we've been going through, I, I, I haven't traveled this little since 1986. So I'm playing more golf than I've played since I was in high school. And the guys that I play golf with at my club, all th- I mean, look, I, um, we have, we have a de facto de- bifurcation, right. any, you know, any, anyway, people, there are gimmies, there are mulligans, there are all these things that people do, um, that uh, um, um, aren't in the rules of golf. Now, I, I think changes in the rules, like uh, um, um, the out of bounds uh, lost ball mm-hmm. change, you know, that's a good change. Yeah, that's something. That's something that helps the pace of play. The 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 flag stick thing probably helps the pace of play, although probably has had way more of an impact on the the pro game than on the amateur game because people are making <laughs> people who didn't use to putt so well are putting better. Yeah. It just just anecdotally to me. Um but I but I do think that's true. And and uh um um Jeff when 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 distance is going to become a significant issue for the game is when look, you know how much I love baseball. One of the yeah. great things about baseball, Wrigley Field and Fenway Park were built in 1912 and they're still relevant. Yeah. We can't afford to lose the Wrigley Fields and the Fenway Parks of golf. You know, if uh, there's already four par fours at St. Andrews that are drivable if there's no wind there. Right. Um, 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 we don't want Augusta National or St. Andrews or these great venues to become obsolete and a 340 yard drives, uh, become the norm and, and that becomes a danger. Then it's an issue that, that they're going to have to deal with. But, um, uh, I just keep getting the feeling that they keep taking baby steps towards bifurcation and that it's inevitable, but, uh, it's happening probably slower than it should. Yeah. And and by the way, one other thing I, I realized when you were discussing that, just back to the, the USGA Fox deal, that, that that extra money brought them more headaches with golf professionals and wanting more money <laughs> thrown into the purse, uh, not not spent growing the game. And it's it's it was another byproduct of this deal, I would say. Uh, let, let's take a quick break, and then I want to talk uh, LPGA. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, Ron. So speaking of golf courses and, and our Wrigley Fields of Golf, the LPGA announced something that just shocked a lot of us and thrilled the architecture geeks of the world uh, and the golf history buffs of the world that they are going to restart on July 31st at Inverness and Toledo. Have you, have you, you've covered, I assume you, I think you covered the 93 PGA there. That'd yes, be right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, I mean, in terms of venue quality, first of all, Inverness has been away for a while, and now it's had a restoration, and very excited. I mean, it was great pre-restoration and just had some clunky holes, but now it, it looks just sensational. Pretty big coup for Mike Wan and, and the LPGA Tour. Yeah, and there's a lot that makes sense about that. The Solheim Cup is going to be at Inverness next year. So this is a way of sort of, it's almost like a, 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 a preview of the Solheim Cup to, to get people talking about it. And then they are going to stay in Toledo for the next week for the Marathon Classic. Uh, so they're going to they're going to have back to back tournaments uh, um, uh, in the same town. So mm. that you know uh, cuts down on the travel. There, everybody, right. 144 players playing for a million dollars the first week. 156 playing for two million the second week. Um, so so they get back going on a good uh, a good venue and. Um, some of the sponsors who uh, whose whose tournaments have not postponed but were canceled this year in the LPGA are involved in putting up the money for that first tournament and, and essentially just giving the players a, a payday. Yeah. You know, they haven't had a payday for a long time. And the LPGA, both uh, as an organization and as its players, don't have anywhere near the safety net below them that PGA Tour players have. Mm. Um, they're playing for one-fifth the money that PGA Tour players have. So the players aren't as rich. The organizations aren't as rich. The PGA Tour probably could afford to, to, to lose this entire year and still be okay. Mm. What is your sense from, from players about this return? Are they, are they feeling good about it? Do they feel it's the right time? Um, or is there some trepidation? I think that the players uh, uh, have uh, an enormous trust in Mike Wan, the commissioner. And if you look at it, uh, the LPGA was one of the first sports organizations affected by COVID-19. Um, they played the first two events in Florida, the next two in Australia. Then they were supposed to go China, uh, Thailand, Singapore. Uh, well, on January 30th, First, they canceled um, uh, China. February 2nd, they canceled Thailand, Singapore. So they started canceling events uh, really before, before anybody else did mm. because of where they play. 
The other challenge for the LPGA, about 30% of their players live outside the United States. And Mike Wan made a promise to them, I'm going to give you enough of a heads up. You know, I'm going to give you 45 days notice. So you have time to get back into the United States, quarantine if you have to, and get ready to play. So I, I, I think the players feel that if Mike Wan thinks that, that it's safe to come back, uh, to play, to compete now at the end of July and, uh, in this venue, then, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna trust him. What'll be interesting is in August, they're supposed to play, uh, at, um, uh, the Scottish Open and the Women's British Open, right. which is a troon. Um, you know, will those events happen? You know, will there be travel restrictions on Americans going over there? Um, the tournament in Avion, France has been canceled. And then in October, they have another Asia swing and everyone's holding their breath that that, that happens. Yeah. Well, the uh, so far the UK has not the U, the the EU did uh, go through with its its restrictions today, and then also the CP Women's Open in Canada uh, was canceled today, uh, at the end of August. Um, so the the LPGA has I have not seen much yet on what they're planning to do, but I assume they're going to use a lot of the the things that the PGA Tour has been doing. Well, you know, I, again, again, they don't have the finances to like do charter planes, yeah. you know, yeah. and to, to get players around that they're not going to do that. Um, they're going to be, uh, uh, they're going to be spectators, uh, at Marathon. I'm not entirely sure about the first one. No, no, uh, they're not at, not at Inverness. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but the second one they are. And I would imagine that there's going to be, um, um, uh, restrictions on that. Uh, you know, I, I'm supposed to do, um, the, uh, um, the women's British open, uh, and then the, uh, ANA inspiration at, uh, Mission Hills, uh, in early September. But, uh, I don't know yet whether I'm going to be going to there because I, I imagine there's going to be, uh, uh, limits on how many people can be in the media center. Yeah. And I'm, and I also think that the LPJ is going to have some, um, um, financial considerations about how many people they can, they can send on the road too. You've been playing a lot of golf during this time. <laughs> uh, what, yeah. how's, how's the game functioning where you are? Uh, you're, uh, Massachusetts was one of the last states to allow golf as I, as I recall. In fact, it was the last. Yeah, we, uh, um, um, we're still, uh, it's still one person per cart unless it's a family member in there. Although they're coming up, I noticed today at the course they had carts with partitions between. Oh, uh, you're uh, kidding. Yeah, between the driver's <laughs> side and the passenger <laughs> oh, side. Oh, good grief. So now, now, Jeff, anecdotally, um, the National Sorry. Golf Foundation is saying that, um, um, sales of beginnings, beginner sets of clubs are way up. Hmm. And there's anecdotal evidence that there's a, that, that, that there's a lot of new players to the game and a lot of people who, who played the game quit are coming back to it. Cause I pe- think people are looking at golf as a healthy activity that, that, you know, I mean, you're social distancing just by the nature of the game. Right. Uh, at our golf course, you have to wear a mask until you get to the first tee. Yeah. Then you can take your mask off on the first tee because you're not really, we don't take the flag sticks out. We have no bunker rakes. We have no ball washers. Um, uh, and the other good thing about golf is you play your own equipment. You're not, yeah. you're not touching somebody else's, uh, 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 uh equipment when they're out there. So, um, it's, it, it I, people are looking at it, I think now as, as a, uh, a safe activity, uh, in, in, in these troubled times. 
Yeah, the mask thing is it makes perfect sense around the clubhouse, and and then once you get on the course, it should be fine. Um, is your uh, sense that that this is more than just a temporary thing? That this is going to be a, a long term boost for the sport? I do. I think it's going to be a long term boost in terms of, of numbers. But boy, I mean, there's other ways it's having an impact. Like uh, our pro shops not open, so we're yeah. not selling any merchandise in there. Our club, I'm on I'm, I'm on Cape Cod. It's very very pretty out where we are. We do. We had 26 weddings scheduled for this year. Right. Um, that's probably about a half million dollars in revenue that we're not going to get. Yeah. At, the, at that club. So, um, so, and um, um, the food service, uh, everything, all that other spending is way down. Rounds played are up. We're getting. Uh, um, um, my course is we have members, but we're also open to the public, and particularly and during tourist season. We get a lot of people in there. We are doing great with off-street traffic that mm. way. But but there's what they're spending on is just green fees and cart fees. All right. that other spending in the pro shop, in the snack bar, in the restaurant, uh, all that other spending is has been drastically impacted. So 36 years, uh, 18 with AP, 18 with uh, Golf Digest, Golf World. What do you? What are your uh, views on the state of media as you're now sort of watching this and and dipping in uh, at times, still doing coverage? But but uh, I sense you're probably glad you worked when you worked. <laughs> for how's that for a leading question? Well, I, I got old at the right time. Okay, <laughs> um, you know, Golf World magazine folded in 2014, and uh, you know, I mean the uh, the. Um, uh, NBC Fox USGA story that you reference, Golf Digest gave me uh, 2,600 words to write that story. Um, and, uh, I don't think there's too many magazine pieces that are that long now. In 2007, I went with six LPGA players for two weeks on a humanitarian mission to Rwanda. Um, Betsy King had organized a Julie Inkster was on that trip, went over, uh, and they gave me 4,500 words mm. to write that story, 10 pages in the magazine. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if, if we're seeing that kind of, um, um, in-depth stuff. When I did the NBC, uh, uh, Fox USGA story, uh, for six weeks, um, Golf Digest, um, it was the, it was all I did. Right. They just detached me, you know, to work only on that story for six weeks. And uh, I don't know, you know, I, I, I think when I watched the movie uh, Spotlight about the Boston Globe's uh, coverage of mm. the uh, of the, uh, the sex abuse scandal in the Catholic Church, and I'm and I keep thinking, wow, they they worked for like two years on that story, you know? I mean, yeah. who who has the financial resources to let reporters do that kind of reporting now? So I, uh, I, I'm, you know, in 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 terms of golf. Man, you know, I started with Jack Nicholas. I ended with Tiger Woods. So, uh, you know, it doesn't really get, you know, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. And I and I covered at a time when uh, uh, print journalism was still uh, extremely, extremely uh, relevant and prosperous. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking a little time after your golf to to share your your wisdom. And I, like I said, I will be putting up in the show notes uh, the, the link to the story. It has aged very well in case you haven't read it in a while. I, I, I don't know if you ever go back and do you ever go back and read your stuff? <laughs> you know, I do. And, uh, and, and I, I reread that story. Um, um, well, you know, I, I think the first new, well, I, I woke up yesterday morning to a text from you <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, about the TV deal and a text from a, from a source that I had at, at, uh, 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 at NBC 
about the about the deal. And I went back and I reread my story then. And I'm always surprised my when I go back and I'll say, "Gee, that story is not as bad as I remember it being." Because <laughs> usually by the time I get to the end of working on a story, I hate the story. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I've just been around it so much. I feel like, oh, this this is just horrible. And, uh, and and that one was was less bad than I remembered it being. So. And it's probably a sign that you also exhausted all possible uh, avenues to get the story right. So it's uh, why you're uh, an outstanding reporter. Uh, Ron, thank you so much for the time. And again, I will urge everybody to go check out the piece. And uh, we'll look forward to your coverage when the LPGA Tour returns. Always a pleasure, Jeff. Look forward to crossing paths down the road. All right. Thanks, Ron. Good to hear Ron's voice again, and uh, not so good uh, in some respects for the the good folks at Fox who who did really uh, pull it together the last few years and do a super job that that one big week a year and and the other weeks that they worked. Um, so it's a it's a strange story. It's been an incredible story that uh, we've all covered, and um, it's a very first world inside business story. But I think golf people enjoy a good business story they're interested in it it tells you a lot about the people running the game and where all this money goes and what it all means for for viewers and and tv stories are of course fascinating just because it's such a big part of the the product of golf and the 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 presentation of it and it it so radically alters our enjoyment of a broadcast depending on how it's it's put forward and then of course it is just and as the tv people will tell you the toughest sport of all to cover. Hey, The Shack Show is produced by Tim Parachkin. It's a production of iHeartRadio. So for more podcasts from iHeart, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. So until next time, please be safe, and thank you for listening to The Shack Show. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.